K-A-L-W. The new public health order that we're announcing will require San Franciscans to remain at home with exceptions only for essential outings. These measures will be disruptive to -to day-to-day life, but there is no need to panic. It's been over 12 weeks since the Bay Area's shelter-in-place order went into effect, and we've been checking in regularly with a mix of people to hear how they're dealing with these extraordinary times. This is Day by Day, KELW's Quarantine Diaries, Episode 12. Today is Day 81. My name is Omalade Rosalind Roddy. I live in Oakland, California. I am a psychotherapist. Right now I'm in Los Angeles. I traveled down here to spend time with my mother who has been isolated. She would be considered one of the vulnerable populations. My family migrated to Los Angeles from Jackson and Vicksburg, Mississippi in the 30s. They were part of what you call the Chicken Bone Express or the Great Migration. They came to California to escape Jim Crow and Klan's folks and racism of the South. However, my family talks about what they traded for the South as far as urban life and the things that family members were exposed to, but especially the police brutality. A week before I left, George Floyd was murdered. In talking with my mom on my way up here, I knew that this was triggering for her. My mother grew up in what I call Black Los Angeles. She grew up in Watts. We often talk about the murders of family members that have been unjust and at the hands of police officers. So when I arrive, we talk and we talk a lot. We've been talking a lot. And I can see that she's feeling better. She's feeling better just to be able to have someone to talk to and to touch and to hold, but also to be heard. It really feels good to be heard. So today's day 81. I'm a shift manager at a grocery store in Sacramento. Here in Sacramento, we've got a curfew in effect through at least Sunday. I've got a note in my wallet. Basically, it's a letter on company letterhead saying that, you know, person carrying this note is an essential worker. Um, When I first saw this note, (laughs) you know... Shit, 81 days ago, um, I was envisioning like National Guard stopping people on the highway and thinking that that wasn't really going to happen. Um, but with the curfew, it feels like more of a possibility. My name is Carmen Aguirre, and today is day 82. I am a public defender in San Francisco, and I just returned from the office where we gathered to create some signs for protests for tomorrow. 
And I was thinking about the last time that we as San Francisco public defenders staged a protest, which was after the shooting death of Mario Woods by San Francisco police. And I remember feeling the same way, really angry and really sad. And this just feels so powerful what's happening right now. I mean, it feels like it's the the spark and, and everything's just doused in gasoline. It's just infectious. Even pre-Ferguson, I remember having a conversation and trying to talk to, to some people in the jury box about race and how that might come into play during the trial or policing or... And a woman just said to me, you know, aren't we done with this? I mean, it's 2007, <laughs> 2007. Aren't we, aren't we done? So it feels incredibly exciting that we might have conversations about changing the criminal justice system. The mayor's talking about diverting money away from the police department. I would have never guessed I would have seen something like this. You know, I think the United States is having a real reckoning and it's about damn time. Apparently everything's gonna be opening. Roughly just about everything's opening within the next week or two. Um, I did get a notice that camp is open. Obviously under new rules and regulations. And it is roughly $1,500. Um, I don't have a job and I'm dependent on unemployment and 1500 is a lot. Um, we do have reduced lunch, so they would cut it in half to 750 just about. Um, but even that is a lot. This is your first year not going to summer camp in a while? Oh yeah, probably. Are you okay with that? Kind of. Yeah? Yeah. You understand why we can't do it? Yeah? Yeah, because... The summer camp doesn't want to get sick and... Well, it's open, but it's expensive. $750. That's almost $800 that I don't have. I can buy it. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I have so much pennies that they can <laughs> equal dollars. So then okay. I'm still rich. If you took away some of my money, I can still be rich. It's day 84. I'm Joey. I'm a teacher. I'm Jonathan. I'm an attorney. Our son, Charlie, is 21 months old. Yep. He's um, really experimenting with tantrums right now. I'm glad he is very young, so he's not going to really remember any of this. Um, and I think there's a lot of positivity in our house right now with uh, my mom around and so I think, if anything, this is a positive influence, this period where he's kind of being raised by a little village. Um, so I'm happy about that. I think with all the civil unrest stuff going on, I think we are all just kind of horrified at uh, the leadership. And um, hopefully there's a lot of change that happens before he gets older. And we can explain this time. and. I think I said it the other day, but hopefully he'll look at us in disbelief because it'll be so crazy from what uh, he knows when he's older. 
we are both white. So obviously Charlie's white. Um, they never would have known that. <laughs> but I think it's a really good thing for us to be, just to be more aware of how we're like teaching him. And so we can bring all of that information to him and think about just even right now, like the books that we read him and just making sure that he is aware. I mean, the other thing that has been happening in our household within the last two weeks is we bought a house. Yeah. So. It's been something. Going and checking it out and everybody in face masks. and It's kind of a weird time to be doing that, but it's going to be a weird time for a long time. Hello, my name is Najma Douglas. Day, who knows in shelter in place. I am here in my one bedroom apartment in the Bay Area with my 18 month old daughter, who is a black queen. Um, we started out with COVID and the coronavirus pandemic, but now the universe has bestowed upon us a shift, a demand um, that is affecting the world internationally. Uh, we have seen an uprising in the streets as a black mother raising a black young child. I think about, you know, her future economically, um, her mental health, her physical health. And so with that, not being in the streets protesting, because I have a young child and I fear for our safety, I have made the promise and the declaration to fight this battle economically and for the long run, because every day I wake up black. Every day I raise a black daughter. The shift is now, it's our jubilee. And we will raise the black standard, especially here on US soil. Ashe. Today is day 85 of sheltering in place slash quarantine. <laughs> I've been affected greatly. Um, for starters, on March 30th, my father passed away. Um, this is the worst time to lose anyone during a pandemic. Um, it was a beautiful service, but I can't tell you how greatly it hurt me and my siblings to have to pick and choose which family members could be there. It's been very isolating. Um, the only places that I have been able to go really is my place of work, because I'm an essential worker. Um, I provide daycare to children whose parents are essential workers in the city. Um, Prior to the shelter in place, I used to dance a lot. I just love to dance. It's freeing. Um, it's like my own Prozac. And um, because of the shelter in place, I can't go to any dance classes. So there's no release for me. 
I participated in some of the protests. I felt like the protests was just a way for me to check in with others who are suffering. You know, I mean, it's hard being black. It is traumatic to watch your people being killed on video and nothing being done. It's a constant fear or worry. It's just like looking over your shoulder thinking that I could be next. My brother could be next. My uncle could be next. My father could be next. My cousins could be next. Um, it doesn't matter whether you are a man or woman or a child. As a black person, you could be next. My name is Nathaniel Garner. I am a bartender in Oakland slash writer. Uh, it is now day 84. You know, the protests got a little more ramped up. I don't know. I think when it started, I was like, oh, you know, business as usual. We're going to, you know, shout and, and, and pray and do all this. And then at the end of the day, you know, we still got this asshole in office. A lot of his policies being passed, judges being put into our system that don't see eye to eye with the movement or with us as a people and things are going to stay the same. But, um, you know, so I was a little disenchanted, to be honest. Um, and now, like today, um, to see that it's still going on, like that's dope. And this to me seems like it's actually moving the needle. You know, um, I thought the L.A. riots would kind of get other people charged up to change and it really didn't happen. But this actually seems like with the movements that's been going on for the past few days, really weak, that it's actually seeming to like touch the core of what, you know, we as black people have been talking about. Uh, I actually got a little emotional yesterday um, thinking about it because it seems like a lot more people are stepping up and, and a lot more people out of, you know, you know, black people, I guess they're stepping up and, and kind of standing up. And I hope it actually does something. I hope it's political reform down the line. So it's day 84. And as you know, a lot of stuff has been going on with the George Floyd protest and Black Lives Matter and everything. Did you see all the groups of people out in the streets with signs and all that? Not here, but on the news while Papa was watching or anything? Not really. No. Okay, I'll show you later. Okay. Um, but remember, I told you all that started because there was a black man who was killed and why everybody is upset. Remember, I told you. I'll it, tell the story. Is that okay? What? That if a white man and a black man are robbing a jewelry store, say, mm -hmm. then if there's a police officer too, then they'll start shooting the the black men, but then the white men goes to jail instead. Those are separate. So why can't they just go, both of them can go to jail? I don't know. Mm -hmm. Police just want to kill. Mm, not all police. That's also something I want you to know. Just like, look, even though some police do do that, some police might look at color and they might be meaner or rougher with a person of color. And they might be a little bit nicer or less aggressive with someone who has lighter skin. 
Like me? Mm-hmm. There's, remember, I told you, there's people out here in this world who are going to look at your mom. You know, I'm brown. You can look at me and tell right away I'm brown. There are some people in this world who will look at me and think it's disgusting that I'm so brown, that my nose is a different shape, that my lips are a little bit bigger than other people's, you know? I don't care about that. You look beautiful. Thank you. But not everybody thinks that. And that's okay. I know I'm beautiful. I know my brown skin is beautiful. And the same for you. You are not as brown as me, correct? Mm -hmm. Okay. There's nothing wrong with you if you go under the sun and you get some color. Yeah? Remember? You turned a little brown last time and you were a little worried because you thought you weren't going to be as light as you were anymore? Yeah, I like, kind of like being. And you remember I explained to you when you go in the sun, the sun makes you darker. And you, even though you are a little bit lighter than mommy, you are still Nicaragüense. Thank you. My name is Adrian Barighetti. I'm a project manager at a, a construction company based in uh, the Bay Area. And today is day 85. My experience working at different job sites and mostly apartment complex has been quite, quite interesting. There will be different, different scenarios where a resident will be even more concerned than, than the majority of the, the people that you, you see over there. And, and, and some other people, they, it seems like they just don't care. I did encounter uh, a couple residents that they were extremely concerned. Uh, they were telling me, do not get closer. Uh, and it was, at some point, I, I, I thought that he, he was afraid of me, you know. Uh, I was going to introduce myself to say, hey, um, everything's fine. I, uh, I'm working or something like that. Um, but no, that, I mean, they, they didn't even give me the chance to, to try to explain anything like that. But I, I understand and I respect that. And um, uh, up, up, up to a certain point, I think is is very very valid. Honestly, uh, as far as work, it has been a little bit more challenging uh, because of the uh, social distancing, and it helped me uh, appreciate uh, people more. It helped me appreciate life. For starters, you know, life is a precious gem that we own. And, and, and it seems like without situations like this, we just don't understand how how delicate uh, life is and how precious and how beautiful it can be. Uh, it's just a matter of of um, changing our <coughs> our perception. Those were the voices and opinions of Omalade Rosalind Roddy, Joshua Sorotiak, Carmen Aguirre, Najma Douglas, Lakeisha Daniela Thomas, Stephanie and Julian Saravia, Joey Sandin and Jonathan L., Nathaniel Gardner, and Adrian Barighetti.
This week's Day by Day was edited and produced by Gabe Graben, Angela Johnston, and Christopher Agusa. Special thanks to Holly J. McDee, Lee Romney, and Joshua Sorotiak. Thanks for listening. For KLW, I'm Hanat Baba. Thank you.